<laughs> this is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. So you know how we talk about, you know, cats rescuing you and saving you? Well, my next guest, it happened. It changed his life. And we're going to talk all about it. We'll be right back after this message. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I want to welcome Michael Walker, also known as M.A. Walker, who is a writer and author. Welcome, Michael. Hi, how are you today, Michelle? I'm great. So I'm calling you Michael, but your book, for those that are listening, is penned by, you use M.A. Walker. Correct. Michael, tell me a little bit about you. I just said you're, you know, you're a writer, but you wrote a lot of TV shows and the the book that we're going to talk about, you're an author. So give me a little bit of background about yourself. Oh, a little bit of background. Let's see. I came out to Hollywood probably back, I think it was around 1976. I was a wannabe writer, (laughs) which is a pretty tough road to haul. Eventually, after a couple of years of struggling, I did get into and and we broke into television writing. And I ended up writing a couple of shows, uh, mostly or the number one most recognized would be Maud, which was a Norman Lear production. I think it was ranked number two at the time, right after All in the Family. Then I went and did something called Harrison and Tyler and all the glitters and then they wrote screenplays and then a ton of other scripts that never, you know, studios used to order up to 60 shows and then they would choose which one they wanted air. So it was a lot of work, but a lot of stuff didn't show up on the air. So I eventually again moved on to screenplays and then moved on to books. And then I had my own publication for a long time. And now you just came out with your book called Me and Groucho about your cat. Yes, my wonderful kitty cat. And as you mentioned before, again, I had moved out here. L.A. can be a very big, lonely, extraordinarily anxiety-producing place. Didn't have any friends, didn't know a soul. I thought I was going to take the place by storm. That's not exactly what happened. But um, I met Groucho. I was at the comedy store performing. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's stop it. So you're a writer and author and you're a comedian, too? Well, (laughs) 
that was a short-lived career. Uh, I think that okay. lasted all of a week. Well, you gave no. it a shot, right? Okay. I gave it a shot. Getting up in front of a crowd for me was about as pleasant as standing in front of a firing squad. Uh, it, it was. I knew immediately I needed to get behind the typewriter. So that's how that happened. Well, if you tried. I tried. They say one of the most feared things is public speaking for people. Yeah. And, yes. you know, I've given lectures and been up in front of people and it doesn't bother me anymore. But comedy in front of people, I don't know. <laughs> that takes oh a lot. <laughs> a lot of, as I say, chutzpah or balls, I'll, I'll, whichever one you want to use, you know. Yeah, whichever one you want to use, exactly. Yeah. And then I was up against guys like Robin Williams and Jimmy Walker and, oh, my God, just a whole slew of people. So uh, I didn't exactly stand out. Let's put it that way, Michelle. It's hard to break into. And I, I moved to L.A. a little after you. And not to be in the industry, though, but it's a great city, but it is challenging, I would say, because it's you know, it's so much a lot. What I felt a, a part, a lot of it was, is it's seen and be seen. And who are you in the industry? And there's a oh, lot yeah. of people that are just clawing, you know, they, they want to know you. Are you somebody? Oh, you're not somebody. No, we want the next person. Is, it, exactly. is that what you're, did you find that too? <laughs> That's exactly correct. I mean, there is more wannabe writers. I knew more wannabe writers, actors, directors, you name it. And if you weren't somebody, you sort of moved on because you're right. You want to go up to the next rung. And just knowing someone like you is not going to help a whole lot. And I know it sounds a little jungly, but it sincerely is a bit of a jungle out here. Very true. And even though I went out there for undergrad and business school, so it was, it was just so different because I worked. And of course, I did the job that so many wannabes do. I waited tables and there was so many, you know, oh, what are you trying to break into? You know, whether you're actor, mm -hmm. musician or and I would say, you know, I'm, I'm in school for business and they look at me like I had, you know, horns or something <laughs> or whatever. I just didn't fit. And, and, you know, it's just so much of, you know, the industry. And even though I haven't I left there about almost 20 years ago, I doubt it's changed much. No, no, it hasn't changed at all. If, if anything, it's probably a little more difficult, even though there's more content, but it's a tough road to hold and it's a young man's sport. So that's what eventually I sort of moved, you know, moved out of it. But uh, you talk about waiting tables. Let's see. I worked in Shirley Schumann's dress shop in, in, in Beverly Hills. I drove a cab. What else? Oh, I, my favorite story. One of my favorite stories is I was, uh, I was called by an agency. Do you know how to copyright? And I said, of course I know how to copyright. Having no clue what I was doing. I went up there. I spent two days. On the second day, the, the guy came up behind me and after about 30 minutes said to me, you have no idea what you're doing, do you? And I looked at him and he said, uh, no. And he said, all right, we're going to pay you for two days. You can leave now. <laughs> that, was the end, that was the end of my copywriting career. <laughs> well, you know, you always have to give it a shot. All right, let's get back to... Okay, so me and Groucho, and I like this tagline for the book. You called it tiptoeing together. To Hollywood Litterbox. Sorry, L.A. I love you, but well, any big city. Let me take that back so I don't have any L.A. people being upset with me. I think any large city. I live in greater Fort Lauderdale area. It's a litter box too at times, you know. <laughs> any big city can be considered, you know, a litter box because there's such a conglomeration of different types of people, different types of things, and right? I mean, other than like a little tiny, you know, city or a little tiny country town, right? Any city can be kind of a 
yeah. have that litter box thing. You know? Everyone wants a little slice of you or, or see what they see what you can do for them. Let's put it that way. So yes. you really have to be careful. It's like a landmine. You have to tiptoe around. And that's why I called it tiptoeing through Hollywood's litter box, because it's just that's the way it is. It's a lot of you know what around and you got to be careful not to step in it. All right. So like so many of us, you know, you're in this place, you the city, you don't know anybody. You're trying to figure out where you're going. You know, young guy, because you said it was back in the 70s. So oh, yeah. that was a while ago. And then what happened? How did you find Groucho? Did he find you? Cats always seem to find people, you know, that they need to find. Yes. Yes. And what happened to me was it was at the comedy store. It was Christmas Eve, as a matter of fact. And I happened to meet someone and I went home with them. And the next morning she got up and she brought out a box of kittens and said, here, you want one? And I'm thinking, what am I going to do with a cat? I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to, you know, how to button my shirt. You know, I, can't, I can't take a cat on. But anyway, this little guy, this little orange kitty cat, he just walked right up to me. All the other ones didn't pay any attention to me at all. This one came up to me and just looked at me. And I looked at him and I said, what are you looking at? And he said, I'm looking at you, stupid. He said, I want to get out of here. <laughs> so next thing I know, he's crawling up my leg, up on my shirt, and then he lands on my shoulder. And there he stays. So Groucho picked me out. I didn't pick him out. And so. I walked out that morning with a brand new kitty cat. I drove home. I went, I stopped at a 7-Eleven, got some cat food, and I took him to my beautiful garage apartment, which had a wonderful view of the garage apartment across the alley. I mean, it, it, was, it was, I think it was all, all of five by five big. Groucho walked in, he took a look around, and he goes, you can't do any better than this. So I sort of, I'm sorry, so I fed him some, the first food I fed him, he, he threw up in the corner. Then I, I tested another one, and the third one, I believe he consumed. And so then we became friends, but uh, it, was, it was pretty tight quarters, Michelle. This place, I could shower and make breakfast at the same time. I mean, the shower head had three 360 degrees of water spraying all over it. I mean, it was. Um, it's small. I mean, LA is expensive, yeah. not as expensive as New York, but but it's expensive. It's expensive. You know, you know, you live in a small place, Michelle, when you when you can vacuum the, the rugs in under 30 seconds. You know, that's um, that's, that's small. a small place. Yeah, for <laughs> so. sure. How did you come up with the name Groucho? Well, Groucho had a little mark under his nose. And of course, I was a Groucho Marx fan as a little boy I used to watch his shows. And it just seemed like the appropriate name. I mean, it, because he, he did look a little like Groucho. So that's what I called him. And um, my little boy and I just, uh, again, he kind of saved me. It was one of these kitty cats. It's kind of hard to explain sometimes, but he brought a whole calm into my life that I didn't have. I mean, when I talk about being anxiety ridden, this is a big, scary town. And this kitty cat, when I came home, we had a fence that circled around our house. My address was 1031 and a third. I didn't even <laughs> rate <laughs> I didn't even rate a half. So it was just me and Groucho. And when I would come home, he would come around that fence and we he would greet me every day and everything would just sort of melt away. And I had calm and he just enriched my life. And then, you know, again, kept me centered. So it was, um, it was a great thing. The problem was sometimes it was getting him in and out of the apartment. Once he got a little larger, I removed one of the panes in my windows. I, I had some two by fours built up there. And so he can get on the two by fours and climb down to where the fence was and out he went. So he had his own entrance oh, into my, in, into my mansion in the good. sky. Yeah. I have a question for you because I, I hear this all the time and, you know, this is catitude. So we all love cats. We have cats or we want cats or had cats. And we talk so much about this and people say, you know, 
there's the question of, do you think cats, even though they're not considered empathetic do you, as dogs, especially, you know, because you always think of the dogs as, you know, wagging their tail and coming next to you and cuddling up and this and cats don't do that. That's not their general nature because they're cats. Cats are cats. They're not dogs. So do you think when you say, you know, my cat saved me, that people that are not as familiar with cats might go, yeah, sure, I can see a dog saving you, but a cat. No, this was this was very much the case, at least with me. As a matter of fact, this cat, there is a lot of validity to what you said, because he only gave the same kind of affection to one other person other than me. And that turned out to be my writing partner down the road. And she, Melody was her name, and he cozied up to her. Anyone else he didn't want anything to do with. With me, again, I used to think I probably look kind of weird driving down the street with a cat on my shoulder, but then I reminded myself. What but then you're in I LA, was. so no. I'm in LA, yeah, nothing's weird. Nothing's I mean, weird, I, no. I, I probably look very normal, so he just went, went everywhere with me. I mean, if I could have taken him to meetings with me, I would have, but at the time, I didn't have any meetings to go to, so it's just a, uh, it was a symbiosis, that's as simple as that. He and I just hit it off and... God bless him, because I'm not sure if I could have gotten through those early years, because it was really tough couple of years. All right. On that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Michelle Fern here. I want to tell you about Carlson Pet Products. They are a family-owned, budget-conscious company specializing in creating pet safety products to keep your pet happily protected from the puppy stage through the senior years. Carlson offers a variety of products such as pet pens, folded elevated beds, crates, and pet gates. Their portable pet pens are lightweight and foldable and have a carry bag for storage when you're on the go. I love traveling with my portable pet pen from Carlson. It's made traveling with Nikki so much easier. I've used my portable pet pen at home, again, traveling, or even when I'm doing a short road trip. They're also ideal to use at home, traveling, or simply headed to the park down the street. The portable pet pens come in two sizes, six panel or eight panel, and they give your pet ample room to move around. Plus, you can add an attachable canopy to create a shaded outdoor oasis for your pet. Visit CarlsonPetProducts.com to get 25% off your order, plus free shipping using the promo code PETLIFE. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Michael Walker about his book, Me and Groucho. And, you know, Michael, as we were talking right before the break, I agree. I think, you know, our pets and especially we're going to talk cats, but a lot of our cat people have dogs, too. And cats show their emotions differently. They don't generally come up, except for my cat, Dennis, who thinks he's a dog sometimes. He just does. <laughs> he's part Maine Coon, though. They're not going to come and they call. They don't come wagging their tail. You know, they're different. But you know they're affectionate when they come up next to you and snuggle near you. It's like they're selecting you. And sometimes I feel, you know, when my cat does that, when Molly does that, I should be, you know, praising her. Thank you for choosing me to be your human heating pad for a couple of minutes here, even when it's not cold out. But that's just how cats are. That's how they are. So enough about that. What's a memorable event with Groucho that you can share with us? Something kind of super unusual. 
Well, you know what? It's interesting. First, let me get back to the dog wagging the tail business. Whenever I saw Groucho, his tail was standing straight up. Whenever he saw me, let's put it that way. So maybe that was his cat way of saying, hey, I'm, it's so nice to have you back home. But getting into your question, memorable, two things really, really stand out. And that is, number one, when I, I, I met this girl at the tennis courts where I used to hang out at the end of the day because I didn't have any money. And she had a car for sale. And she came up. And I was going to drive the car. She came in. Groucho took right to her. And it was like almost the way he took to me. I mean, it was, it was just instant. And Melody, as it turns out, about three weeks later, we ended up moving in together and starting writing scripts together. And he brought us together, basically. If it wasn't for that, I don't think Melody and I would have ever happened because she just fell in love with my Groucho. And that moved us into there. And then later on, we got a break. We actually got asked to get into television and but we we were asked to write 10 pages you got to knock me out with 10 pages and we didn't know what to do what to do we're thinking hard and hard in our in our writing room and in walks groucho the wind must have blown or something like that and it closed on his tail not hard it didn't hurt him or anything but that sparked the idea we went wait a minute we'll put b arthur in the show Maud. we'll put Maud and arthur the husband in an elevator and have the elevator shut the door on them and it was like it was he who gave us the idea so that to me will always remember very useful so Groucho basically was the inspiration for your first synopsis for a script? Yes, we, it was a, a partial script. It was 10 pages of dialogue and, you know, and scenes. And we were pulling our hair out trying to figure out. We wanted to leave a cliffhanger. And then when we saw Groucho, when we saw the, you know, the doors shut on his tail, we both looked at each other and went, we'll put Maud and Arthur in an elevator and they have them get stuck. And so bingo, that was it. And a few weeks later, I was at the laundromat doing laundry because that's what I did. She was flying down the street, running down, runs into the laundromat and says, they called us, they called us. And so that was sort of the beginning of a nice little career. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. That's pretty cool. No, and he was, you know, memories. Um, Groucho was the king of the neighborhood. He would be out under the garden. And that was his, that was his kingdom. He was uh, his fiefdom. And he watched over everything from the garden that we, that we ended up living at. So, um, and of course, I do start off the book. I try to make light of a very tragic situation, but, and then I get back into where we all started, you know, how we all have it all met. And so those are my best memories. And when I wrote that scene, the one that I didn't, it was so painful. I, I think every time I wrote it, which was probably 15 times, I, I was had tears all over the place. It was just very painful. Do you want to share what happened or have people read the book? Well, what I do is I give in the book, I'm not sure how unusual this is, but I give Groucho a voice. So my conversation with Groucho back and forth. So he'll see a situation. He'll comment on the beginning of the book pretty much is almost like the not like the ending. But the bottom line is Groucho was unfortunately he went out one night and he didn't make it home. And I found him and I it was just it was just awful. So the bottom line is that was very impactful in my life. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. It's very, he, was, oh, he, was the, he was the best kitty cat in the world. That's always so hard. And whether you lose um, a fur babe suddenly or whether it's illness, whether it's getting hit and it's horrible. Did you ever get another cat? 
later on, but much later on. And it was a kitty cat I found underneath a car that was full of grease. I mean, and yet when they, when they pulled the, just a little tiny kitten, when they pulled the grease off, there was nothing left of him. And he turned out, and she, I beg your pardon, she turned out to be one of a, a great cat as well. So absolutely. I'm, I'm a big cat lover. We do a lot of shows about TNR and there's so many kittens, especially during kitten season, which is like April through October. There's so many that are just unspeakable abandoned and this and that but that's another show okay what would you give if you your advice for someone who's considering a cat and you know they're on the fence they don't know if they can handle the responsibility their time this will, will it help i don't my life will i help the cat's life I don't know. They're on the fence. What would you say to them? I would say, first of all, I would get a rescue. I don't recommend going and buying a cat. There are too many kitty cats that need homes. I mean, you can go to your local veterinarian and they have a list of kitty cats, you know, that need homes. So, you know, give that a shot and it will bring a lot of, I mean, when you see a little cat raise its back and walk across the room, like he's, he's about to attack something that's not really there, it brings so much happiness. It's a stress reliever. So anyone thinks that cats is a lot of work. I don't think cats are a lot of work at all. They're I mean, easy, they're, except they're for the, the hardest part is the litter, litter box. And yeah. if you have a spouse like I do, and they do the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were lucky. Right. But the, I mean, litter box is a, is, a, is a very small price to pay for having a wonderful mate in your life. You know, someone, again, I can't tell you how many laughs I've got out of Groucho. I was just going to say, cats are so funny. Yes. They're, they're really funny, the things that they do. And they're really funny. And... Now, I want to say, ask you, it might be so similar to the last question. What do you expect people to get out of your reading your book? Thank you for asking. Uh, I think you're going to have a ton of fun. That's the reason why I sat down and wrote it. I, I wanted, to, it was years later, I wanted to rehash a story that was near and dear to me. I knew it intimately. I, I talk about, you know, the, the writing experiences and breaking in the, and during this period of time with my kitty cat with me doing it all. And I think, I mean, I've been a comedy writer for, for a lot, a lot of years. And then I, at the very end of the book, it's kind of a surprise. I won't say what it is, but the, but the final chapter, something extraordinarily magical happens. And if you believe it, great, go along with me. It did happen. Like I said, it, it's magical. So it ends in a very, very high note. And who doesn't want a happy ending to anything they either read or see? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm over all the ghoul and things like that. I want to, I want to make people feel good. And it was feel good. At, and I know it's going to make them feel good because it felt good to write. Sounds good. Now, where can people find me and Groucho if they're looking to buy it? As of right now, you can find me and Grouch on Amazon Books, eBooks. I just started on an eBook. We'll see how it goes from there. Now, remember, you have to put it in uh, quotations, me and Groucho in quotations, because there are a lot of Groucho Marx books up there. So it just, you know, so, and also it's an ambersam. You don't write the word out and it's just me, ambersam, Groucho in quotations, and they'll find it there. And you can read a little bit about it real quick, like, but um, you really have to read the whole book. Let's put it that way. Michael, thank you so much for coming on Tattitude and sharing your writing experience and sharing your book with us, me and Groucho. It was just so much fun having you on the show. Thanks. Great fun. And, and thank you for having me, Michelle. I really enjoy your podcast. The people you have on there, it's a lot of fun. It's very, very enjoyable. 
I'm, I'm glad you like it. That's why we do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in a world full of, every time you turn on the news in a world full of that, your podcast brings a smile. So that's always oh, nice. Thank you so much. You bet. That was such an interesting show. I hope you have a chance to read Michael's book. It's Me Ampersand Groucho. So Me and Groucho by M.A. Walker and available on Amazon. Just do a search for it and you should be able to find it. And also, I'd like to thank my career cats that get me through some of the tough days. Charlotte and Sammy and especially Molly. She's my quiet but snuggly cat. And, and thanks to Jethro as well. They're my outdoor crew. And thanks to Nikki, the yappy dog. And thanks to my guests. Thanks to everyone listening. I appreciate you so much. And last but not least, the most important, thank you to Mark Winter, my producer, for making my guest and I and sound wonderful. He does such a great job making sure our shows sound great for our audience. You guys have no idea how much Porky puts into it, but it's all for you and, you know, and all of us so that we hear great sounding podcasts. And remember, Lucy Attitude, have catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.